Christmas. Four weeks till the end of 2020, and some of you are saying, man, 2020, let it, let it go. It's been, it's been a tough year in, in many ways. And yet God continues to show himself faithful. There really hasn't been much peace on earth this year. Um, but it was the same way whenever Jesus was born. The Jews existed under the dominant rule of the Roman Empire during that time. There was very little peace unless the Jews limited their expressions of worship to what was approved by the Roman Empire. On top of that, they hadn't received a fresh word from God for over 400 years. That's a long time. We sing silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. And that makes a beautiful song, and we'll sing it, I'm sure, with our candlelight service this year and that type of thing, but it's, it is not the way it was. It was really anything but calm. First of all, Mary was pregnant before being married. Now, that, that's not a big deal anymore in our society, but then <laughs> it was a big deal. There's, there, they traveled well in that, so there was a lot of personally e emotional pain and turmoil in, in Joseph and Mary and, and in their families. They traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem for a census to, to be taken so they could pay taxes. There's never a lot of peace whenever you're thinking about taxes. The trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem was at least 80 miles. Mary was nine months pregnant. Tradition says that they rode a donkey, that she rode a donkey. That trip would have taken about a week. Now, ladies, think about riding a donkey whenever you're nine months pregnant for a week. Husbands, think about leading that donkey while, while your wife nine months pregnant. <laughs> so there was, not only was there emotional pain and possible financial concerns because of taxes, but Mary had physical pain as well. And they, they get there and, and people are there from all over the place, and they can't find a place to stay. And to make it worse, Mary starts having contractions. It wasn't just calm and quiet, silent night. We find the story in Luke chapter 2, and we'll just read a couple of verses now in verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. 
and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in, in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available to him. So we read that, this and we think of a cute little baby lying in a cute little manger with cute little animals. And the truth is, they're in a stable with animals. Have you ever been to the livestock at, at the fair? So the smells are not great. If you can't imagine it, you need to close your eyes and just think about you're nine months pregnant in a stable with animals around and you have a baby there. Not much peace. The manger we sing about had animals eating out of it shortly before Jesus was lying in it. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm sure Mary would have rather had her baby somewhere else. It was not a real sanitary place to have a baby, nor was the manger a real sanitary place for a baby bed. And to top it off, this was Mary's firstborn. It would be one thing if it was a secondborn or thirdborn or fourthborn, anything but the firstborn, because that firstborn, I mean, mamas carry 10 passes with them, and if the passy falls on the ground, they're not going to, there's no way they're going to use that passy. That one's going over here, and they're going to grab one of the clean ones, and they're going to sanitize everything, and then the second one comes along, and it don't matter if the five-second rule kicks in every time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the floor looks like. The place was not a good place for the firstborn baby Jesus to be born. There was a lot that could be said about that night, but silent and peaceful doesn't truly describe it, nor does it describe the time, the, the period of time of history. For God's people, there was all kinds of turmoil that was going on around them. So the question is, why? This was all intentional because God does nothing by accident. And he certainly didn't let his son come in the most important time period in all of human history with Jesus, the Son of God, the deity taking on the limitations of man and coming to earth to pay the penalty for our sin. The most important event, the beginning of the most important event in human history, it was not by accident that all of this took place like this. So the question is, why would that happen? Jesus entered into the world in the worst of circumstances, I believe, so that he could, he could relate to each and every one of us. 
even if you came into this world in the worst of circumstances and have experienced the worst of circumstances after entering into your time here on earth, Jesus can relate to what you're going through. Praise God for that. He doesn't just look at you and me as a project. He understands our circumstances. So all of us that have tax issues, financial issues, physical pain, emotional pains, Jesus understands. Praise God. Y'all can help me and I won't preach quite as long. One of the most popular phrases that we see at Christmas is peace on earth. I mean, it's on our cards, it's, it's here, it's there, it's everywhere. And yet, we don't see that. I mean, you can look in every translation. Search it on, on version or whatever Bible app. I don't care how powerful it is. In any translation, you put in peace on earth. It doesn't pop up, except in one place, Luke 12, 51, and it says this, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> so, so the concept of that phrase, peace on earth, doesn't even exist in Scripture, and the reality is that very few of us, when we look around at this earth, can say that there's peace on it. And I'd, I don't know of a time in history when there was peace all over the earth. Maybe there was, but I don't know of a time in history whenever there was there was peace all over the earth. If there wasn't a world war, there's pockets of, of squabbles and battles here and there somewhere. But in John 14, Jesus gave us this. He told us this. In this world, you will have, you will have trouble. So don't be surprised. Aren't you glad you came today for this Christmas series kickoff? And there are several things that create a lack of peace. And it happens, listen to me, it happens in all of our lives. There, there, are, there are situations that happen in everybody's lives. So don't, don't feel like you're all alone in what you may be going through because all of us experience unavoidable Circumstances, unavoidable circumstances. Jeremiah 4, 4.20 says this, disaster follows disaster. The whole land lies in ruins. In an instant, my tents are destroyed. My shelter, uh, my shelter in a moment. In other, words, in other words, there's disaster after disaster after disaster. There's unavoidable circumstances that have happened 
from the beginning and will happen until Jesus comes again. This year has been coronavirus. I am so tired of it. I am praying for miraculous deliverance at the end of, I mean, I'm going to celebrate it at New Year's morning, first thing. Thank you, Lord. Coronavirus is gone in the name of Jesus. We all experience unavoidable circumstances. You wish they could be avoided, but it's impossible. If you're not in the middle of a problem right now, it's coming. So you have unavoidable circumstances. You have unbearable people. <laughs> How many of you have experienced some unbearable people before? If you're sitting beside them, just keep looking straight ahead. <laughs> don't, don't look over. Psalm 109.3 says this, says this, with words of hatred they surround me, they attack me without cause, and some of you have experienced that before, may be in it right now. So we have unavoidable circumstances, unbearable people, and then you've got those unexplainable problems. Those unexplainable problems. All of us have had some unexplainable problems that we don't understand why. We would really like to have some why answers, but they don't seem to come. You feel like you're, you're not, you know that you're not perfect, but you've done everything that you know to do, and things still seem to go the wrong way. Unexplainable problems. And those, those are only three. There's, there's many other situations that all of us consistently encounter that let us know that peace on earth makes a good slogan for Christmas but doesn't relate to reality. And it's not even scriptural. So what do we do? How do we, how do we find peace? And I know that some of you are still saying, well, <laughs> thanks for this uplifting Christmas message, but here comes some good news. There will not be peace on earth, but on earth you can have peace. There will not be peace on earth, but on earth you can have peace. This is where the Christmas story is, it, it, the beginning of the Christmas story is just awesome because God declares it through his angels in a, in a supernatural way. Luke 2, chapter, uh, verse 10, it says, But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Isn't that something? God gives us direction in the midst of our situations to help us find 
on earth, peace. And the most unexpected places many times, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with an angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. John 14, 27 says this. I love this promise. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. It doesn't matter if there's no peace on earth. Because you can have peace on the inside. Even if you're in the midst of a world that is lacking peace. Praise God for that. Here's the way the verse reads in another translation. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. So we see again. It's not peace on earth, but on earth. Peace is available. To every one of us. We can experience the peace of God while living in an unpeaceful world. And that's what we're going to be looking at for the next couple of weeks. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. So another good question is, on whom does his favor rest? On whom does God's favor rest? So how can we ensure God's favor on our lives so we can experience God's peace in our lives? Real quickly, and then we're going to, we're going to celebrate what Jesus did on the cross for us to provide peace for us. Number one, we need to receive God's pardon. Receive God's pardon. The greatest source of stress, there's been a lot of research done on this, and one of the greatest sources of, of, of stress is guilt. Pardon is a great word. Webster's Dictionary describes it like this, a release from the legal penalties of an offense. It's usually offered by a governor or a president, and sometimes, you know, governors or presidents give a pardon to some that, that you agree with, and other times they give a pardon to somebody you disagree with, and many times it's just the way it is. But one swipe of a pen, and legally, it's as if the person never committed a crime. And you can never, a person can never pardon themselves. You can't do that yourself. Let's say you've received a life sentence without parole. And if you have any chance of freedom, it's going to take you receiving a pardon from a higher authority. Because you can't do it yourself. 
If, if you could, the jails, the prisons would be empty, wouldn't they? I guarantee you they would be. What Jesus offers, <clears throat> listen to me. We receive, we need to receive God's pardon, but what Jesus offers is way more than a pardon. A pardon is the forgiveness of a penalty. Jesus has, has justified us. He not only forgave us our sin, he paid the penalty for our sin. He loves you. We're going to celebrate that here in just a few minutes through Holy Communion. Romans 5, 1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, a lot of people describe justified as just as if you had never sinned. We've been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first step of having the peace of God on, on earth, where there's no peace on earth, the first step of having on earth peace inside is to have the peace of God on the inside. All right, so we receive his pardon. Next, <clears throat> pursue God's presence. We need to pursue God's presence. We need to take time consistently and pull away from the chaos of what's going on in this earth and pursue God's presence because where he is, there's peace. Where he is, there's freedom. We can find peace in his presence. In fact, the Bible says that you and I can experience perfect peace. If we can control our minds and just express our heart to God. Isaiah 26.3, I love this passage. Seth, you can come on back. You will keep him. Not only will you, not only can you have times of peace, but he gives the promise that he will keep you. He will keep us in perfect peace. All who trust in him. All whose thoughts are what? Fixed on him. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus and let our gaze go on the unstableness of this world because he's bigger than the lack of peace here on earth. He will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him and whose eyes are fixed on him. I use the illustration all the time that, that the sun is definitely bigger and I don't have a quarter in my pocket so I'll use the communion cup. 
this isn't very big. It's certainly not as big as the sun. But if I bring that close enough to my eye, it can block the sun out. It can appear to be bigger than the sun. And what we do so many times is we focus on our problems or we focus on situations that are going on in our lives or whatever to the point to where it's so close that it blocks out the bigness and the goodness and the provision that God has for us. Fix your eyes on Jesus because whenever we do, and we glance at our problems. He always stays bigger than our problems. That was worth at least one amen. I mean, goodness gracious. I hear you on the online. Pursue his presence. Because peace is experienced in God's presence. And then lastly. Respect God's principles. This is an important one. Respect God's principles. A person may be on his or her way to heaven, but still have little peace. Listen to me. Because they're violating God's principles. There's a trend in our society and in our culture. And I believe that we need to, to challenge it. And I don't want you to feel like I'm going like this. I want uh, just, to, just to take the truth of God's word. If you desire the power of God and the provision of God and the peace of God, you must respect, listen to me, you must respect God's principles. We live in a generation that wants to alter the Bible to fit the way that we want to live. And I'm talking about people, church people. There are those who want to experience the salvation of Christ without submitting to the Lordship of Christ. And then wonder why their lives are on the inside and outside are chaotic and depressing and, and unfulfilling. And it's like having an umbrella. And if you, I know this is bad luck if you're superstitious, but I'm not. So there. It's helpful whenever you're in the rain if you're under the umbrella. And whenever we are not as followers of Christ, whenever we're not respecting the principles of God's Word, it's like we're standing outside holding an umbrella, but we don't have it over us. And we're getting all wet and we're complaining about it, and we're frustrated with it, and all the time, dryness is there for us. If we would just 
come under the lordship of Christ instead of just claiming the salvation of Christ. And whenever we come under the umbrella, that's when we can experience perfect peace. Because the promises of God are yea and amen. And so are the warnings of God. They are yea and amen. I forgot I was holding it. God wants us living in perfect peace. He wants us to experience the victory of God. But if we don't respect the principles of God, He cannot bless what He has not promised. Mm. Psalm 119, 165 says this. Great peace, great peace have they who love your law. And nothing, it doesn't matter if there is no peace on earth, nothing can make them stumble. Because God is working on the inside. Great peace is promised to those who love and live according to God's principles. No matter the confusion and lack of peace on earth, Jesus came in the midst of chaos so that we can relate to the, to the so that he could relate to the chaos that we experience. And he offers peace to all who will receive all. Whomever, he is a whomever God, will receive his pardon, run to his presence, and respect his principles. On earth, you can have peace. I don't know about you, but I consistently need peace. Peace is where we get rest. And peace leads to joy, which gives us strength. I say it all the time. If you have the joy of the Lord and you have the peace of God, you can make, you can make it through anything. It doesn't matter. So let's stand this morning if you have your emblem.